that was a that was a wonderful introduction, uh, not uh, not deserved in any way. But uh, it is a pleasure uh, to be here, and uh, I, I love to come because uh, I love your church, and I love Scotty and Karen. Um, I just uh, uh, love to be around them, and uh, they're wonderful people uh, to let me come into their home, uh, to sleep in their bed with them, and. Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a wonderful relationship. And uh, this, uh, I'm always uncomfortable with these microphones, you know, these uh, like Britney Spears mechanisms they got me to wear. I don't, uh, I don't usually use those because it, it, it interferes with the glass. Kevin's the one that put it on me. Where's Kevin at? He's back there? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, he, he, he's the one that hooked me up and... Um, touched me inappropriately when he did it, and uh, it's always, uh, me and Qu Kevin are uh, uh, intimately acquainted at this point now, because he's the one that set this up on me, so I'm going to do my best to be able to talk to you, but I wanted to introduce you to my family. Um, this is my family here, and uh, they are fantastic. They are wonderful. I promise if they were here, you would like me so much better. Uh, they, she, that's, uh, the next picture is a great picture of my wife. That's, uh, that's Mindy. I mean, look at her. It's amazing. I get any work done. Uh, and, uh, she is just uh, fantastic. She, uh, is so patient with me and, uh, puts up with me all the time. And she is uh, a great support in the ministry. She does most of the administrative work, uh, because I have no work ethic. And so she really helps me to stay focused on that, and uh, she does all the finances, plus she disciples ladies, she teaches a ladies' Bible study, and she's a soul winner, and she's a, just a, a fantastic minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, um, this is my oldest daughter, Madison, and uh, she is uh, the most responsible person in the house. Uh, she is so fantastic. I'm the one that's constantly like, hey, can you come watch a movie with me or something? And she's like, I would, Dad, but I really need to study. And uh, so then I go to Hudson, you know, and he's like, cool, let's go watch the movie. <laughs> he's the one that will always cave for me. But Madison is so wonderful. Not only is she a great student, but I think in the next picture, you see, this is one of her good friends, uh, Ruth. Uh, she's a Chinese girl. That, they go to school together. And uh, Madison has really been able to influence her for Christ. In fact, uh, Ruth is being discipled right now. She's a part of our church. And, and that is uh, an enormous thing in, in London because the, in the school system is uh, particularly uh, secular humanistic uh, education. And so by the time they get to about 13 years old, the, they're already very much convinced and have strong convictions uh, with regards to evolution and uh, that the Bible is not true and things like that. And so Madison has won several of her friends to the Lord, and this one is, is, has really gotten plugged into the body of Christ. And so Madison is a tremendous uh, soul winner, and uh, it's really wonderful to see her like that. And then the next one is, uh, that's Hudson right there in the middle, and uh, he is uh, too handsome for his own good. Uh, and uh, he is just about as tall as I am now, and which means I have to tackle him at least once a week just to let him know what the pecking order is still in the house because he's getting too big. Uh, but he is also, if you go to the next slide, uh, these are two of his friends that he's trying to win to the Lord, and uh, they've grown up Catholic. 
but he's really trying to help them understand the difference between being Catholic and being born again. And so he's uh, doing a fantastic job. And then we got two little ones. Uh, this is Caitlin. Uh, she's the one that tells everybody what to do at the house. She is uh, our little princess. She's very sweet and also uh, very high maintenance. Uh, she really knows what she wants. And then the, the next one is Stefan. And Stefan, this picture, I love it because it really sums up his personality. He is, he's got so much uh, energy. It's unbelievable. I mean, he makes coffee nervous. You know what I'm saying? This kid is like full of energy. He got a Fitbit for Christmas and he set it to 20,000 steps. And on Christmas Day, he achieved that. And he never left the house. I don't even, how's it even possible? I don't even know. And he is so smart. Uh, he's unbelievably smart. And so uh, I, we just have a wonderful family and uh, I'm so thankful to the Lord. It's only by his grace. Uh, but also we have a larger family. If you go to the next one, this is Paul and Emma. We have uh, been investing in them and I've been, not only did we disciple them, but I've been training Paul for at least the last five years. And Paul, if you go to the next slide, Paul has uh, going to be, he's going to be very soon this year, we're going to be putting him in place of me as the pastor of the church. And the goal is for us to plant, you know, multiple churches. And so I'm going to put him in place as the pastor. He's become an incredible preacher. You know that your disciple becomes an incredible preacher whenever you start getting jealous of his messages. <laughs> and uh, that's a good sign. And uh, so uh, I'm very jealous of him. He's a great preacher. And so he's going to take my place so that we can then focus on trying to plant the next one. And so our goal is to try to plant uh, 10 churches in the area of London. And, uh, and from those churches, we want to train up more men and women like Paul and his wife, Emma, um, and so that we can send them out to do the same. Our entire ministry is based upon the goal of reproduction. If you go to the next slide, this right here is Marcus and his wife-to-be, uh, Lori, and uh, they are the most recent uh, people that we've seen come to Christ, and Paul uh, is discipling Marcus. And I, I show you them because not only is it the most recent couple that have come to Christ, but it really represents what our ministry is about. Uh, we've invested into Paul and to try to train him up and disciple him. Not that everybody's going to become a pastor, but we've invested in him, and now Paul is now making disciples of his own. And uh, so our entire ministry is based upon that concept of multiplication. And uh, we want to be able to take the life that God has given us, and then we want to reproduce that in the life of other people, right? So uh, just be continue to pray for us as we continue to reach out and then uh, put Paul into place. And uh, in, in regards to that ministry, I want to share a couple things with you uh, from the Word, if I could. Just a couple of things. If you turn to Romans chapter 12, uh, because this ministry that we're involved in, is, it's very rewarding. Uh, we love being there and we love our city, but it's also very challenging. And I want to share something with you. I think it's fitting not only with the ministry, but also this time of year as we're trying to figure out, uh, a lot of us are thinking, man, I really want to get my life together, you know, in 2020, and uh, which is what we think, you know, every January, uh, this is the year I'm going to get my life together. And then by February, we're like knee deep in a cheesecake, right? And we're just like figuring out what, what went wrong, you know? And uh, so we, we come back to this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, not only in those areas of New Year's resolutions and stuff, but even in the ministry, my wife and I come back to this verse uh, almost every day. 
in one fashion or another. This is really where we have to start our day in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer, and then I'm going to just share three things with you out of this passage. Father, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to uh, understand this passage. I pray that you would help me, Lord, to be able to preach this passage and uh, help us, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move each and every one of us, would change us on the inside, would change the way we think, would change even what we believe, and uh, help us, Lord, to put it into action. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, there was a famous um, book that dealt with the subject of war. It was called The Art of War that was written by a famous Chinese warrior named Sun Tzu. And in this particular book, he gives some uh, advice to his generals. And this advice that he gives is he says that whenever your, uh, your soldiers start to just creep in to uh, hostile territory, only just a little bit, I mean, not all the way. I mean, once you're in, you're in and you have to fight your way out. But when you've kind of just come into the enemy territory just a little bit, he says, one of the things that you can do at that point is he says, you should burn all of your bridges and burn your boats because it's when you start to creep into hostile territory, that's when your men start to really think about retreat. They're like, well, we can still back up. We can still go home. And he says, it's at that point, if you burn your bridges and you burn your boats, then people are not thinking of retreating. And not only are we starting to just now creep into this year, uh, but even in the study of the book of Romans, Paul has been talking for 11 chapters about what Christ has done for us on the cross. And here in chapter 12 is when he, he very first, for the very first time in the entire study, starts to creep into this subject of living a life that is set apart to serve. And so it's in that sense that we're really just here in the study starting to creep into the idea of you giving your life into service. And always, whether it's the beginning of a year or when it comes to you setting your part, life apart to serve, we always have those feelings that maybe we want to retreat. Maybe there's parts of us that we want to hold back. Maybe there's parts of us that we want to give to the Lord, but there's parts of us that we don't. And what Sun Tzu recommended is that we just burn it all, that we just burn the bridges and we burn the boats. And the reason why I share that with you is because in this passage, Paul really has something in common with Sun Tzu because Paul, in his own theological way, has something very much in common. He's asking you really to do the same thing. He says, I want you to present your bodies. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, that word sacrifice that you see in the verse, that word sacrifice, if you look at the Greek word, it is a specific kind of sacrifice. And Paul, being a Jew, is very much familiar with the sacrificial system. And there was five different offerings that a Jew would give in the temple, but he's talking about one in particular. He's talking about a burnt sacrifice that is offered by fire. And this type of sacrifice is a very specific sacrifice, and it gives us some insight into exactly what it is that Paul is asking us to do. The first thing that you need to know about this kind of sacrifice in particular is that it's not a sin sacrifice. Paul's already explained the sin sacrifice that's been offered for us in the first 11 chapters of this book. And that was Christ on the cross was offered for sins, right? 
But this sacrifice that he's asking us to give here is number one, a consecration sacrifice. It's a consecration sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they called it a burnt offering. And it was an offering that was specifically given where they would lay the lamb on the altar and then a person would come and they would lay their hand on the lamb to identify with the lamb. And then the priest would come up and he would kill the lamb and drain out all the blood. And then they would take this lamb and they would set it on the altar and they would burn the entire thing up. Now, why did they do that? They did that to signify that they were going to give their entire life in devotion to God for his service. It was an offering of devotion, or to use the Bible word, it was an offering or a sacrifice of consecration. It means you were totally going to devote yourself to his service. Now, the reason why that's important is because that is the sacrifice that Paul is alluding to in Romans chapter 12 when he says, I want you to give your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What he's saying is, he says, I want you to take your bodies and I want you to lay it down on the altar. And that body that he's talking about is that old man, the one that you were before you met Christ. That old man of sin, he's like, I want you to take that old man, I want you to lay it down on the the altar and I want you to burn all of it up And let all of that go so that you can live in the new man for Jesus Christ. That is exactly what he's asking us to do here. Now, it's important to make a quick note that what Paul, do you see in the passage, what does he actually ask us to sacrifice? What he asks us to sacrifice is our bodies. Now, he's not talking about your heart. He's talking about your body. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he already has your heart. And there's a lot of people, man, he has, you have Jesus in your heart. But the, the issue here is, does he have your body? I'm talking about the things that you actually do. He's not talking about your beliefs. He's talking about your behavior. That is the issue here. He's talking, and, and we as husbands and wives that are out there, we know the distinction, don't we? Because as husbands, we're very much interested in good intentions. Husbands love the aspect of good intentions and where our heart is at. Wives, on the other hand, we, we care about what you do. Those are two very different things. And we know this if we get into a fight, which me and Mindy obviously never do. But, but if you get into a fight, it's the husband that's like, listen, baby, my heart's in the right place. And I had good intentions and I meant to do this. And this is exactly what I intended to do. And I promise I'll never do it again. How many wives have heard that? Now, none of that's true. I'm just going to tell you right now. When we say that to you, none of that is really true. But we say that stuff. We say, man, my heart was in the right place. But the wife, she doesn't care where your heart's at. What she cares about is what you did, right? What she cares about is what you do today and what you do tomorrow. And, that, and the truth is, is that's really all that matters. And whenever we stand before the Lord... He's not going to be judging our intentions. That's what we find out in Corinthians. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it says every man, when it comes to your reward, you're going to be rewarded for the things that you did in your body. You're not going to be rewarded for your heart being in the right place or this is what I intended to do. And 
man, I had good intentions, and if you only knew my circumstances and all the excuses and things that we say, what's going to count, what's really going to matter are the things that you did in your body. Now, what are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your hands, with your ears, with your feet? The 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 tells us that your body belongs to God. Your body doesn't belong to you. The problem with most of us is that we are making decisions with our body uh, like they still belong to us. And what, God, what Paul is asking us to do here is he's asking us, he's asking us to give our body to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to set our bodies aside as a sacrifice to him voluntarily and to set it apart for his service. But not only is this sacrifice a consecration sacrifice, but this sacrifice is also a complete sacrifice. It's a complete sacrifice. One of the things that they did in the Old Testament whenever they would uh, do this sacrifice is they, like for instance, whenever they consecrated Aaron and his sons to the priesthood, they brought them in and uh, Moses performed this consecration sacrifice where he killed the lamb and he drained the blood and they burned it all up. But he did something very important for these guys is he took the blood, it's kind of gross, but it's kind of cool too. But he took the blood uh, from the sacrifice and he brought Aaron close to him and he took some of the blood. It, it tells us this in uh, the book of Leviticus. He took the blood and he put some of the blood on his right ear. And then he took some more of the blood and he put it on his right thumb. And then he took some more of the blood and he put it on his right great toe. And then he brought all of his sons and he did the same thing to each and every one of them as he consecrated them to the Lord's service. Now, why did he do that? The reason why he did that is because he wants the, this sacrifice, he's saying, to be applied to the entire person, to the entire body. Everything that you hear, everything that you do with your hands, everywhere that you go with your feet, whenever you turn on the television, do you ever consider that these ears, they, uh, they don't belong to you, to just do with them as you please? Whenever you get involved in something in your life, do you ever consider that these hands that they're not your hands to do with as you please. What about when you make a decision about what path you're gonna follow in life? What it is you're gonna do with your life? Have you ever considered that these feet, that they don't belong to you? You know, one of the things that they used to do when they would go to battle in the Old Testament and they would find kings uh, that they were, if they had determined that they were not gonna kill them, but they, they couldn't just leave them alive, but if they weren't gonna kill them, you know what they did to them? And we find this in Judges chapter one, specifically there's a story that tells you uh, about this there. Yeah, what they would do to them is they would cut off their thumbs and they would cut off their great toes. Now, that's pretty humiliating for a soldier. You know why? Because what, the reason why they did that, if they were gonna leave them alive, they did that because it would completely incapacitate them in the battle. They're like, okay, if we're gonna leave you alive, but we can't allow you to fight either. So they would cut off their thumbs and they would cut off their great toes so that way they could no longer be a soldier. And my fear is, is that because some of us have not given our bodies to the Lord 
to serve him and the things that we hear, do, and go, because we have not done that, sometimes the enemy has incapacitated us in the battle. Many of us have soldiers. We may believe in Jesus Christ, but our thumbs and toes have been amputated. We have been incapacitated in the battle because we have refused to give our bodies over to his service. We need to remember that our bodies do not belong to us. That, and, and like I said, this is what me and Mindy have to come back to every single day. We have to come back and because, I mean, it, it gets difficult, just like it gets difficult for you. It's no different for us. But it gets difficult when we're trying to serve the Lord. And I have to remember, uh, man, this is not my life. It's not my life to do with what I want. Some of you think it is. And you're wrong. It's not your life to choose to do with what you want. It belongs to the Lord. And it's good that we recognize that. Okay, but lastly, not only is it a complete sacrifice, but this sacrifice is also very different in the fact that it's a continual sacrifice. It's a continual sacrifice. The, the high priest in the Old Testament would always make a consecration sacrifice for the entire nation as a whole. And according to the law, you can see this in Exodus chapter 29, according to the law, what they had to do is they had to give it every single morning. They had to come out and sacrifice a lamb and burn the whole thing up to consecrate the nation as a whole. But then every single evening, they had to come and make the exact same sacrifice they had to kill the lamb and burn the whole thing up and consecrate the nation as a whole uh, to say this nation is consecrated to your service. They had to do that every single morning and every single evening. You see, the sacrifice that Jesus made for your sins, he made that sacrifice once and for all. But the sacrifice that Paul is talking about here is something that you have to make every single morning. Every single day you have to wake up. And one of the things that I'll do whenever I'm praying this prayer is I'll, uh, and praying about this and uh, giving my body to the Lord every single morning is, is I, I pray to him in some fashion and I say that uh, you own my ears, you own my feet, and you own my hands. And I am a slave to your demands. And I say that to myself to remind me that this body belongs to him, that this life belongs to him. But this is not something that you can do just one time. I mean, I would encourage you to do it right now. But, but the good thing about that is you only have to last until you get home. Because when you get home, you should do it again. And when you wake up in the morning, you should do it again. And then when you go to bed that night, you should do it again. You need that this is something you have to do continually all the time. Now, let me just remind you, okay, we're, we're just about out of time. But let me just remind you about those, uh, the advice that Sun Tzu gave to those warriors. He says, when you start to creep into enemy territory, he says, that's the time for you to burn your bridges and to burn your boats. And what Paul is saying here in this verse is he's saying, right now, as we're starting to creep into enemy territory, as we're just now starting to creep into this new year, can I suggest that now is the time for each and every one of us to burn our bridges and to burn our boats and to say, you know what, I'm not going back. I'm not gonna go back to that old man. I'm not gonna go back to that old life. I am no longer gonna be satisfied to use my body as if it belongs to me. 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this body and I'm going to set it apart. I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going to devote myself. And by that, I do not mean my heart and I do not mean my intentions. I mean my body, what I hear with my ears, what I do with my hands, where I go with my feet. I'm going to devote my body. I'm talking about what I do with my body to his service and I'm going to set it apart. And I'm not just going to do that right now because even though my emotions might be telling me it's the right thing to do, I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I'm going to do it before I go to bed. I'm going to do it completely, but I'm going to do it continually. I tell you all that because we've probably read this verse a lot. But this is the sacrifice that Paul is asking us to make. And Paul tells us, he says, listen, the Lord has given himself on the cross to pay for your sins. And as a result of that, because we are saved, he says, now I want you to give your body. Would you be willing to make that decision today? I have no doubts that there are many of you in here that the Lord Jesus Christ has your heart. I have no doubt about that. And that you're going to go to heaven regardless of what you do. Praise the Lord for his grace. But does he have your body? Have you set yourself apart to serve him? It's a decision that we can't just make once. We have to make it every day. And I pray that today would be the day that you make it.